know if people can hear me. We'll wait for people to come in. We'll start in a minute. I'll get situated here. see here Right. I'll kill the music and we will start. All right, music is off. All righty. Welcome, everyone, to Unsafe Space. I am your host, Carter Laren. Uh, welcome to the, the Tuesday tea time. I do have some tea. I've got uh, some kind of tea from Chinatown, but different than the last tea I had. Um, but also I have backup tea. This counts. This is yerba mate, which is technically tea, but it's not. It probably shouldn't count. It's not really. It's not really tea. <clears throat> but I'll pretend it's tea. Okay, so let me just get started here um, in just a minute. I'm going to wait for people to join. But uh, as always, you can go to unsafeshow.com and check out content there. You can follow us on Unsafe Show at, at Twitter. Um, and of course, here on YouTube, the, I think, most exciting thing I've got going right now on the Unsafe Space side of things in my life is on Thursdays uh, at 11 a.m. I think it's 11. Yeah. Thursdays at 11 a.m., uh, I chat with Carrie Smith every Thursday, who's a former social justice warrior, um, very articulate, uh, interesting woman who has a lot to say about both about social justice and uh, just culture generally. And so we have chats every Thursday. So join us on Thursday for that. As for as for Tuesdays, this is the second Tea Time show. And I uh, don't know how it will go, but hopefully uh, hopefully you guys appreciate this. If you don't, I'll find out eventually, I guess. Oh, I just got this book in the mail a few minutes ago, The Shadow University from Alan Charles Kors, uh, The Betrayal of Liberty on America's Campuses. I haven't read it, but what, me <laughs> what makes me want to read it is it's actually published. Let me double check this. Yeah, it's copyrighted 1998. Right, so he wrote this well before a lot of the craziness that we're seeing. I mean, there was some craziness back in the '90s, but uh, he wrote this well before some of the modern craziness that we're seeing on campuses. Okay, so let's get started um, today. So you know, every week on Tea Time, I'm trying to find uh, at least one or two items that kind of are are put forth in media as principles. 
So like believe all women, that kind of stuff, but aren't actually principles and or, or are bad principles if you apply them universally and they aren't intended to be applied universally. Uh, it's not always that easy to find them because it's not like this happens a lot. Uh, every week you don't have a, a Kavanaugh confirmation hearing, but um, found a couple that I'll talk about and um, and then maybe touch on some other stuff just for the hell of it. So the two I'm going to talk about today, uh, one is I'm going to talk about this concern about the Trump administration planning to, uh, quote, erase transgender people. And the other thing that I'll talk about is, and if that's led to this hashtag, uh, hashtag won't be erased. And the other thing I'll talk about is uh, a recent law in California requiring women board members on publicly traded companies. So uh, those two, I, I guess that the theme is gender today and or sex, depending on uh, how you want to categorize it. So let's jump in. For those of you who who maybe haven't heard, I don't know how you haven't heard, uh, so the New York Times published an article the other day that said uh, transgender could be defined out of existence under the Trump administration. Now, uh, again, according to uh, the New York Times, there's this memo that was being circulated by the Department of Health and Human Services and in this memo, it says that the department intends to narrow the definition of uh, sex in uh, applications like like applying Title IX, for example. It's just a little bit of background. Probably most of you know what Title IX is. Um, maybe you hear it referenced with respect to college sports and stuff. But basically, uh, you know, there are four... Uh, departments that enforce Title IX, the Departments of Education, Justice, Health and Human Services, and Labor. And so the Health of Human Services is one of the enforcement departments for Title IX. Now, Title IX is uh, kind of a federal civil rights law that uh, the U.S. passed in 1972. It's part of the Education Amendments of 1972. Now, the history here is in 1964, obviously, there was the Civil Rights Act, and that was designed or ostensibly designed to end discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, national origin. And, uh, in, you know, for, for areas of employment and, and public uh, institutions. But it didn't prohibit discrimination based on sex at educational institutions, which is one of the things that Title IX uh, was purported to fix. And so the, the language of Title IX is, quote, no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subject to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. So like I said, people think of this as a sports equity law, primarily because it has had an impact on high school and college athletics. Um, basically it's the reason that you have like, uh, NCAA women's basketball, right? Uh, it's, it's an effort to have some sort of, uh, equality between men and women's sports. And that's a, that's a result of Title IX. Now it's important to remember back when Title IX was, uh, written, there wasn't really this distinction in the popular culture between sex and gender. In fact, I think it's Maybe not even in the popular culture quite yet. It's talked about, but I don't know that that the average person really uh, 
sees a distinction there. Um, so because there wasn't really this distinction between sex and gender in 2016, the Obama administration sent a letter of guidance and to, to institutions about how to comply with Title IX and how, uh, how Title IX was kind of being interpreted. And in this letter, the Obama administration said that this, prohibit, this uh, prohibition against uh, discrimination based on sex, uh, quote, encompasses discrimination based on a student's gender identity, including discrimination based on a student's transgender status. Okay, so that's kind of the history of where we are um, and with respect to Title IX and then this kind of letter um, giving people guidance in 2016 from the Obama administration. So it was this letter that kind of brought in this concept of gender identity being um, part of sexual discrimination or discrimination based on gender being part of sex discrimination. Okay. So back to the New York Times story here. Trump, the the Trump administration memo that the New York Times was talking about, um, apparently it was written in back in the spring, and it proposes that um, these uh, government agencies adopt a unified definition of sex, right? And and which makes sense because uh, you know there's four. It's like having four bosses, right? There's four departments. Uh, enforcing this, it'd be nice if they all agreed on what it was so that you knew how to follow the rules. So that, that in and of itself, I don't imagine is controversial. Um, but what they proposed is they proposed that the definition should be um, determined on, quote, a biological basis that is clear, grounded in science, objective, and administratable. Administrable. And according to the New York Times, uh, the agency proposed a definition that would define sex as either male or female, unchangeable, and determined by the genitals that a person is born with, born with, um, and that disputes about sex could would be clarified using genetic testing. Okay, and obviously this is what caused the big controversy. This is why we now have uh, the LBGTQ community and I guess the trans community uh, which is part of the LBGTQ community, um, saying, hey, uh, we won't be erased. They're trying to erase us. This is why the New York Times is saying that uh, the Trump administration is attempting to erase and uh, define them out of existence, trans people, define trans people out of existence. I think it's important probably to uh, go over some definitions because I think for a lot of people, I, I'm a little bit... I was, I've not been, I'm not conservative and I've not been steeped in only conservative culture for, for decades. Uh, I've been in uh, the Bay Area in a much more uh, libertarian slash libertine environment. And so I, I, I think I understand these terms uh, better than maybe some of the mainstream people. It's not, not as well as maybe the left wants me to, but um I just want to go over some definitions here, at least for the purposes of this discussion. You can argue stuff later, but I want to, at least for the purposes of this discussion, and these are the definitions that I understand are in line with what the left um, thinks about. This is what the left has taught us, taught me, right, about these definitions. Now, to start, let's just start with the definition of sex. Now, the old definition of sex, uh, I have 
got an old dictionary I looked it up in, and it 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 is either of the two main groups, male and female, into which living things are placed according to their reproductive functions. That's pretty straightforward. Even the new definition is still basically that. The Merriam-Webster definition is either of the two major forms of individuals that occur in many species and that are distinguished respectively as female or male, especially on the basis of their reproductive organs and structures. Um, And actually, there's another definition. The sum of the structural, functional, and behavioral characteristics uh, of organisms that are involved in reproduction marked by the union of gametes uh, and that distinguish males and females. So, that's what sex is. Hasn't really changed, and actually the left hasn't been telling us that there's a different a different definition than sex of this. This is, this is I think, uncontroversial, or has been. Now, the difference is the word gender has changed. Now, the old definition... Uh, and it's not that old. It's like a dictionary from the 80s, right? The old definition of gender was simply a person's sex, right? So it was a synonym. Um, so, you know, you were either male or female. That was the definition of gender. Now, that definition has been changed in the past, I don't know, 20 years. Uh, but, you know, I think more visibly in the last 5 to 10 years. And... The new definition of gender is the behavioral, cultural, or psychological traits typically associated with one sex. That's the Merriam-Webster definition. Now, really, uh, that's, I don't think that would exactly match what uh, the, the, the left would, would feel comfortable about or the LBGTQ community feel comfortable about. They really talk more about uh, gender being um, how you identify, right? Uh, it's, it's really how you, how you kind of feel about your gender. And and it's not just male or female. So I know a lot of people make fun of this stuff and have seen this, but you know, here's a for those watching video, this is a a page with 36 different types of genders. I don't know what they all are. Third gender is one of them. Uh a gender version 1, a gender version 2, a gender version gender void. Uh I don't know. I don't know what these all are, but it's more than two. Epicene, I'm not sure what that is. Um, Demi-boy, intergender, right? Neutro- Neutroes? Neutroi? I'm not sure what that is. So this is a 36 genders, but this isn't all of the genders, right? There's another article I found online. This is 63 genders. Um, and actually, I'm going to mention something that this article... So people have been joking about this concept of there being an attack helicopter gender. Uh, which apparently this article says, this article kind of treats semi-seriously. I, I think they're treating it seriously. It's hard to tell what's parody and what's not, but uh, I think it's serious. And they're saying they're called helisexuals. Um, and uh, there's a, this Apache attack helicopter helisexuality is apparently um, a thing. But the big thing to take away for the purposes of this conversation is uh, gender has been redefined, whether we like it or not. Uh, I'm, again, I'm going with the the definition of, um, you know, that, that the LBGTQ community, I think what I think they would, they would agree with, which is, you know, it's, it's very, it can be fluid. So there's, it's, it's basically unbounded. So there can be um, any kind of gender you could, you could make up a gender now and say, I identify as green jello and that's, that's your gender. Right. Um, 
and it's also fluid, right? So you could say, well, you know, I this moment I, gen- I, I identify as as male, but you know, thirty seconds from now I may identify as female, and then after that I might identify as you know, two spirit or whatever. So it's fluid and it's unbounded. So that's kind of the new definition of of gender, and that 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 the community has been telling us about, and um, and it's really about how people feel, right? It's about how they how they identify, how they feel. So, so those are the definitions. Uh, one other thing I'd like to point out really quickly is um, I don't know why the LBGTQ community um, is a mix of both gender and sexual identities because they're not the same thing and it i think it confuses people when the lbgtq community is protesting gender definitions um because it's not i guess the t is trans right so it's just a mix and it's it makes it unclear to people um you know sexuality is about how you have or don't have sex with people, right? It's not a gender designation. So being gay doesn't mean that you're a particular gender, right? Um, and when you start to mix gender into that, it, it does cloud things, right? So um, in fact, you've, sometimes you'll see like instead of uh, LGBTQ, you're starting to see other letters and numbers inserted. So there's like, uh, I think, 2S LGBTQ. Um, 2S stands for, I think, two-spirit, which is, I guess, some Native American cultures have a third gender. So anyway, there's kind of a a mess here. And for the purposes of this conversation, I want to exclude, we're not talking about sexuality. We're just talking about uh, gender identity. So um, because if you look at the laws for, um, well, if you look at Title IX and you look at uh, how the guidelines for enforcing it are are um are articulated this is has nothing to do with you know the se- sexual assault has nothing to do with what gender you are right it's just a sexual assault it's an assault in sexual nature so it's not none of this has to do with that this all has to do with gender identity that's what's being um argued about and discrimination so it's not about kind of assault and and that kind of thing so okay so also before we dive into this i, I know this is a lot but this is complex. I think I should do some some full disclosures. I know a lot of people that follow. There's not a lot of people that follow this show yet, but a lot of you that do follow are conservative. I am not conservative. Some of you might be pissed off or disagree with me about this, but um, I don't share the same uh, conservative views on sex and gender that a lot of uh, Christian conservatives do. And it, the reason I'm saying that is uh, I want you to understand where I'm coming from. And so when I talk about this stuff, I mean, the, the left will hate me anyway because they're Marxists, so they're not going to like anything I have to say. But the conservatives, you may all hate me because conservatives might not agree with me either. So from personally, uh, I don't really care who you have sex with uh, as long as it's between consenting adults. I don't, I don't care and I don't want to care. I, don't, I really don't want to have to care. Uh, unless you're propositioning me, I, I don't really care what your gender is and who you have sex with. And I don't really want to. Um, I don't want to live in a world where I have to care. Um, now, obviously, people that are around me that are friends, maybe I care about them just as friends. Like, maybe I want to uh, respect what their identity is. But I don't want to live in a society where uh, I have to care about 
every anonymous other person's, you know, identity in terms of whether they are feeling like an attack helicopter in this moment or a woman or uh, whether they, you know, sleep with, you know, one-armed midgets or have some other kink. Like, I don't, I don't care. I want to live in a society where we just don't really have to care about that. Um, and it's, it's not an issue. And so uh, the problem is we can't live in that society. And we, the reason we, we, or we don't, and, and the reason we don't is um, the government sticks its nose in everything, right? On, the sex, and on, on sexuality issues, uh, the government is all involved. They're all up in what, you know, what the definitions of marriage are and who you can hire based on whether they're gay or not and, and whether you can bake cakes. I know the Supreme Court struck that down. But, you know, there's all this involvement Right. There's laws about sodomy on the books in various states. There's all this, you know, government intrusion into people's bedrooms, which uh, frankly makes this a problem. And it leads to these kind of problems. As soon as the government is involved, uh, inevitably, they're going to start getting more and more involved in that area. And that's where we are now. Um, And also the the government is involved in in questions of gender and sex. Right. They've got uh, quotas for hiring and for education. There's laws like the draft applies to men, but not women. Then on the local level, there's bathroom policies and, you know, what signs, you know, who can go in what bathroom and all that kind of stuff. I am not coming from the conservative perspective that I want the government to define two genders and, and, you know, enforce the, you know, what bathrooms are in restaurants. I want to take the gun out of the room, right? The government is the gun. I want to remove the gun from the equation, Right? I want to say you can't force anyone to do anything. Well, let the free market and social pressure decide this, right? So, you know, if there's uh, if there's a town that's got a uh, a population of attack helicopter identified people, and the cafe wants to have a special bathroom for them, or let them in the men's room or the women's room, or you know, frankly, probably shouldn't genderize single stall bathrooms anyway. That makes no sense. But you know, uh. That it's a community issue, and they can handle it, right? So if there's a creepy guy who's going in and uh, bothering little girls in a changing room, you can deal with it, right? Because it's at the community level, um, and you can decide whether it's a creepy guy or no, that's not a creepy guy. That's just Jane, and Jane transitioned when she was you know, very young, and she's a respected member of the community, and of course she's going in there to pee, and she's not creeping on on girls, right? So all this stuff doesn't have to be, the government doesn't have to get involved in this. This is something that communities and private businesses can handle just fine on their own. And they can deal with all the fluidity issues and all the complexities and genders can evolve and change. And no one really has to care because uh, the people actually involved will adapt. And, and look, will there be some bigots? Yeah, of course, there will always be bigots. Uh, But the minute you start trying to legislate away bigotry um you end up creating fascism so all that's background (laughs) sorry that was a lot all that is background that's where i'm coming from so conservatives can can hate me um but now liberals can hate me because now i'm going to unpack uh this issue here so um Again, Title IX, just to get back to this, Title IX says there's no discrimination, there shouldn't be discrimination on the basis of sex. This isn't on the basis of sex. That's the language they use. Um, They didn't say on the basis of gender, and they didn't say on the basis of sexuality. It's a separate argument if you think the government should say there's no discrimination based on gender and sexuality, okay? But that's not what it says. It says based on sex. Now, we know that... 
uh, gender and sex weren't really distinguished back when this was written, at least uh, probably not to the people who wrote this. So, look, the, first of all, the fact that there are two sexes is not controversial, right? And, and I can say that, you know, maybe the left wants to make it controversial now, but the left is the one that's been telling me for decades that sex is different than gender, right? And two sexes isn't really a controversial thing. Now, there's one possible argument that there are, there are some people who are intersex and have, like, uh, both genitalia or have uh, um, anomalies chromosomally, so, like, XXY and that kind of stuff. There is a small percentage of the population that, that is intersex. Um, but barring that, I mean, the, the, the idea that there's just two sexes is, is normal. There are two sexes. Um, it's, but, but the argument has always been, but that's not gender, right? And so really what the protesters here and the people upset about this and worried about being erased, what they're saying um, really is they're asking the government to conflate the definitions of sex and gender, which is the exact argument. It's the exact opposite of what they've been telling us for decades, which is they're not the same thing. Suddenly, they're complaining that the government needs to make them the same thing. They're the same, right? Well, if the government does that, then it undermines their entire argument about gender, right? Because um, if gender and sex are the same thing, you've got to have a word for actual biological um, features, right? And so XY chromosome, or, you know, XY versus XX versus usually like XXY or some other, you know, variants uh, for the intersex, you know, th that's biological, that's science, right? You've got to have a word to classify that. And, and we do right now. I think it's male, female, and intersex, I, I believe. I'm not totally sure what the, the other category is, but it's very small amount and it's not, nor it's not uh, normal. It's not common, um, but, you know, some people are born that way. And science needs to be able to classify those things. Gender is how you feel. Science is never going to say this person was born in an attack helicopter, right? But if, if we're going to have this definition of gender where it's how you feel and how you identify, then it can't be the same as the definition of sex. So asking to conflate those two actually undermines their entire argument in the first place. Now, um, Title IX is also used for, for funding. So you have to ask yourself, like... Um, if you're going to conflate sex and gender, are you now going to have do you have have to have sports leagues for every gender? Does there need to be a let me look at one of the genders that I don't know, right? Does there need to be an a gender version one NCAA basketball team, right? Um, this starts to get sticky. So the truth is, we we really don't know. You know, whatever these changes are that were being proposed. First of all, they haven't been officially proposed. It's an internal memo. Um, who knows who wrote it, right? Um, but we don't know what these changes will actually entail. We do know that sex and gender aren't the same thing if we're going to accept the left's definition, which I'm happy to do. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't care. Fine. Gender can be fluid and changing. I don't care. Right? Um, which I, I know conservatives can go crazy over that, but I don't. Um, but will they overwrite the Obama language on, on gender or not? Like, they could say sex is defined as this and leave the language in that Obama is saying, which is, like, also that means you can't discriminate against uh, trans people. Like, that's – they can do that and still define sex in the way that they did. So I think it's um, a lot of fear-mongering over something that we don't know what it is. But let's universalize this concept anyway and, and take a look at it. All right.
I should slow down. I'm told that I speak too quickly. So the concept here is that we must interpret the word sex to mean gender in relation to Title IX. Otherwise, it will erase transgender people. That's the argument, right? So, um, uh, and, I, and I just want a reminder that, you know, sexual assault is already illegal. We're talking about funding and quotas and that kind of stuff. So this is the context of this interpretation. So, well, let's universalize this. If gender, or if sex means gender here, right, then sex means gender everywhere, right? This isn't, uh, you can't just say only for this interpretation that's what it means. Nope. Sex, sex and gender are now conflated legally um, because that's, that's what you're asking for, right? Um, as I mentioned before, that, that undermines the entire modern concept of gender, um, which I would think leftists would be against uh, if they were consistent. And it also um, really undermines the intent behind Title IX, which was to protect women, right? So, um, you know, there's there's been plenty of cases where this gender and sex uh, ambiguity uh, or the conflation of the terms has been causing real problems for women. I mean, uh, there's the MMA uh, fighter Fallon Fox, right, who who is, you know, has been winning and injuring women because Fallon Fox transitioned from male to female. And, of course, the other female contenders who uh, were phenomenal uh, fighters, you know, their reaction was like, geez, you know, this person's abnormally strong and it's weird. And like, yeah, of course they are. It's because they're a guy. It's because they're a guy sexually. They may identify as a woman, so their gender may be female, but their genes are male. And there are, there are biological differences between men and women, and one of them is upper body strength. So it's really undermining, you know, if you're – this is this is an issue where I'm not actually sure where feminists fall on it, and I would expect there to be uh, maybe some infighting among feminist groups. But, you know, if, you, if you're wanting to protect – women's sports and women's activities and funding for women's things, this is potentially undermine this, right? As it seems like it's starting to elsewhere. So, um, okay, so, so first of all, so if, if like I said, if, if, if sex means gender here, then sex means gender everywhere, right? So not just Title IX, every other kind of law that the U.S. government has, we have to interpret um, sex as gender, which which will be basically impossible since gender is unbounded and fluid. So in relation to Title IX, so if this thing is related to Title IX, right, then at least then it's related to all federal laws, right? Like I said, not just this is how you universalize. Not just Title IX, all of the laws, okay? Um, so like I said, I completely disagree with laws that are based on sex uh, to start with, right? Um but this adds a lot of complexity, right? There, there are, as I mentioned, there's unbounded number of genders, right? So how does this play out? Does there have to be sports teams for every kind of gender? Um, and then your your identification, like you identify as this but not that, so you're, you're gender fluid and so it changes. Um, maybe you're on one team one day and, you know, halfway through the game, suddenly you identify as a different gender, right? You can't, you can't have gender fluidity and unbounded number of genders and have this play out across all laws like this. You'll, you'll end up with, and this is only because the government's been involved, but if the government weren't involved in sex and gender at all, none of this would matter. But because they are and they're enforcing things, you'll, you'll end up with a mess. 
right? Um, now, another implication here of this concept is that the government has the power to erase people by uh, using definitions for things and that are that are correct and not conflating the definitions. Now, I kind of want to universalize this. Partly, I don't because it's obviously just hyperbole. Uh, it implies that people are reliant on the government uh, for their identity and existence, and uh, no one should rely on the government for that stuff. The government can't erase you. Um, they can hate on you. They can throw you in jail. I'm, I'm not suggesting that this is what this will lead to, but government can do a lot of things. They can't erase you. I guess China can kind of erase you, but that's not what we're talking about here, right? Defining a word isn't erasing you. Uh, and defining a word according to the Merriam-Webster definition of that word certainly isn't erasing you, right? Um, I think what they really mean with that hyperbole is that schools won't be forced to police discrimination against trans people. That is their concern, right? And, you know... I get that concern. I do. Um, but we don't know that... First of all, we don't know that that's what's going to happen. Second of all, um, if we universalize this, which is the point of, of this show, if we universalize this, remember that we've now defined gender as something that you identify... No one can argue with. It's non-objective, right? You identify with it. You can change it at any time, and only you get to say what the gender of... What your gender is, right? This is It's a feeling that you feel. That's what we've defined gender as, which, again... I'm okay with, uh, fine, right? So genders, that's what gender is. Well, um, we, have to, we have to universalize that because gender is one of many feelings you might have, right? So the principle here really is it's the government's job to police discrimination based on how people feel about themselves, right? And this is where you start getting into uh, some pretty some pretty horrible things, right? So you have to start having laws where this person didn't validate my feelings about myself in some way, which is where these uh, the speech laws that got that made Jordan Peterson famous came from in Canada, right? You're gonna you have to you have to use certain pronouns, right? You should, it's polite, but um, you know when you have the government start enforcing like, well, you didn't you 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 violated this person's feelings in some way, which is really what we're talking about, right? Um. You have to start building this massive enforcement apparatus, right? And you have to start, you have to build a court system that can distinguish between like, oh, the guy didn't hire me and didn't like me because uh, I was not a good candidate, or he didn't like me because I identified as a puppy and I peed in his office. Like, I mean, that that is a, I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's what this means ultimately, and not tomorrow, right? But you can't actually build a massive inf an apparatus of, for enforcing laws based on how people feel, right? And just be like, well, he felt like a certain way, therefore you have to treat him a certain way because he feels like it, and then he can claim that he felt a different way if he wants to because it's not objective, and he can change how he feels, and you better not discriminate him based on how he's feeling, which only he gets to decide, right? It's, it's uh, a recipe for uh, complete chaos and dysfunction in society. So um, really... Uh, I think the the answer here, so that's how you universalize it. You can see that it universalizes to um, a mess, right? Uh, I think the answer that a lot of people will have here is that, oh, well, the government just needs to define gender separately and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, uh, I don't think that's the right answer. I think the right answer is, um, as John Galt uh, so eloquently put, the answer is get the hell out of my way. Right? It's get the government out of our personal life, um, get them out of our bedroom, 
Um, stop assuming that it's the government's job to, you know, tell people who they have to like and who they don't like and who they can hire and who they can't hire. And, you know, you can't, you know, if they identify as such and such, you have to do X, Y, Z. Like, that is that is a recipe for disaster. Let's just get the government out. So that's how that's universalized, I think. Um, I'd love to hear counter arguments to it or, or comments, but that's how that's universalized. So universalized to be a mess. So let's talk about this new law in California, the second item. <sighs> Taking a sip of some yerba mate. It really is good. I don't think it's very good for me. I don't know if it counts as tea, but I'm enlightened because it says this is enlightenment. So and apparently I should be, I forget the, I should be glowing. Mighty. I should be mighty. All right. Um, a new law was passed in California recently, uh, SB 826. <clears throat> and in this law, all public companies uh, that are listed on a major U.S. stock exchange with headquarters in California, so not organized in California, but headquartered in California, which widens the net quite significantly, um, anyone with headquarters in California must have at least one woman on their board by the end of 2019, to the end of next year. And um, by the end of 2021, uh, if the company has five directors, they have to have two women. If it has um, six or more directors, they have to have three or more women. So uh, that's quite a heavy hand. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, this applies to any company that's got headquarters in California. All right. So let's universalize this rule. Uh, and the rule is that government should force companies to have women on their boards. Well, in light of our previous discussion, my first question is, uh, women gender or sex, sex women who's identified like gender wise or women with, with two X chromosomes? Like, are we talking about sex or gender? I don't think that's really defined in here. And, uh, frankly, that's a, that's a mess. Right. So if we're talking about sex, then the universalization uh, here is the government should force companies to appoint people uh, based on whether they have penises or vaginas. Right. Um, and if it's gender, then the government should force companies to appoint people based on how they feel about themselves and their identities. Um, now, I've already said, by the way, uh, I've already tweeted this out again on the off chance any publicly traded companies are listening, I will happily identify as female if you'd like to put me on your boards. Um, I'm a good, I'm a good, uh, I'm a good contracts lawyer without being a lawyer. I spent all morning reading, reading contracts. Okay, so not clear whether this is gender or or sex that they're talking about, but um, let's we can still universalize this even though it's not clear what they're talking about. So if the government should force companies to give seats to women on the board, well then you have to say it's not just women. Right, but all sexes or genders. So if we're talking about sex, well, they might as well force intersex ratios on boards as well, right? If they are talking about genders, well, I mean, there's what 36 over here, 63 over there. It's an ever-expanding list. Um, it's fluid. They they might as well enforce that too, right? Uh, and of course, that's impossible. You can't possibly enforce that because because gender is fluid, right? So one moment you would be um, you know, you have the requisite number of uh, two-spirits on your board, and the next minute uh, you don't because the two-spirit person decided that suddenly they're feeling like they're agender version two. 
So um, you can't, it's unenforceable and it's a mess. But that's what it universalizes to, right? If you're going to, because because even if you say, well, we're only going to enforce it for um, women because women are discriminated against, I mean, they're not nearly as discriminated against as, uh, I don't know, the travesti N-B genders, right? They're, I mean, women don't, women don't get to claim that they're the, uh, the, the gender minority anymore. So that makes no sense. So you can't do that. Um, so, so that's what universalization there looks like. But you also need to universalize and say, well, that's just the boardrooms. I mean, those are the board of directors, but why not execs, right? Why not every position of power? that's in companies, right? Um, why not shareholders? Uh, shareholders have, have power. So um, could you mandate shareholders? I don't know how you do that, right? And then the question is like, okay, well, um, if it's publicly traded companies, like why not non-publicly traded companies, right? What's the difference? Right? Why not? Now, the reason is California probably is probably harder to touch non-publicly traded companies, but they could do it. I mean, they don't seem constrained by any principles. So, um, why not private companies? Right? Why not churches? Why not mandate the number of intersex preachers that should be in a parish? I don't, I don't know. Preachers don't. I guess priests are in parishes. Sorry, I'm an atheist. Uh, priests are parishes. Preachers, I guess, is just Protestant generally. Whatever. Um, why not mandate that? Right, other nonprofits uh, mandate the government itself. Right, uh, you can't run for office in this district unless you're one of these categories of people because we don't have enough quota of this gender. Right, um, I mean, hell, why not regulate dinner parties? Right, some some business gets done at dinner parties. If Peter Thiel invites someone over to his house, probably some something's good. That's an advantage. There's an opportunity there. Uh, so where are the attack helicopters, Peter? Why aren't they at your house? I think California should. Uh, totally regulate that. So, um, so again, the when you when you step back and you universalize this idea that you know California again, there's this legislation. California says that women should be on on publicly traded boards. Okay, the generalization of that, the universalization here is that government should have the power to force people to associate with other people based on the government's idea of who they should be associating with, right? There's this idea of voluntary association, um, which is generally argued, I think the Supreme Court has ruled that this is part of the First Amendment. Um, So there's this idea that you should be free to associate with whomever you want, but um, the, the, the universal principle here in this California law is no, you shouldn't. The government should be able to tell you who you have to associate with, who you hire, who you have on your board, um, whatever, uh, based on what the government thinks the configuration of your organization should look like. Um, talk about fascism, by the way. Hey, Antifa, where are you on this? Right? Uh, that's fascism. I mean, that's. I mean. It's textbook fascism, right? It's the government telling businesses how they have to operate when the businesses are ostensibly still owned privately, but really the government runs them. That's what this is, right? And the board of directors is very important in a company. Right? They they hire and fire CEOs. It's a it's a it's it's a position of power, which is why California cares about it. So, um, yeah, 
I'd love to. I'd love to see the next uh, Antifa. If you want to go uh, smash Starbucks windows over this, I probably still won't support you, but I'll, I'll like you a little bit better if you go out and uh, you want to go start riots over this law. Uh, at least I will call you consistent a little bit. Um, so, look, um, this kind of craziness is inevitable when you start trying to use the government to fix culture instead of just using free markets and persuasion, right? Books, movies, TV, education, podcasts. Um, you know, you can talk to people about how they should behave. Eventually, um, if discriminating against a certain uh, gender is a bad idea from a business perspective, eventually it'll go away. It may take a while, but, um, you know, it's not, uh, at least it'll become very, uh, it will become a lot less common, right? So I don't know anyone who, no, no, I'm sure the left will uh, cite some examples of this or, or say that, you know, may I just have the wrong friend circles or whatever, but I don't know anyone who discriminates against women for hiring. Um, in fact, quite the opposite, right? Uh, I advise a lot of startups and and I've done a lot of angel investing and some venture investing and I constantly have founders, especially in the Bay Area, I constantly have founders very concerned about um, making sure they have underrepresented and marginalized groups in their companies early on, right? Um, now, usually my advice to them is like, just get the best person who the hell cares about anything else because you're a two-person company and you can't afford to hire anyone based on any criteria other than they rock. Um, obviously, that doesn't apply once you get larger. You're subject to these rules. So... Um, Look, this will happen. So my prediction here is uh, this will not be the end of it. California will start applying this to other organizations eventually. Um, so it's not going to end with California publicly traded companies. Obviously, other states will do this. Um, and I think, I could be wrong about this, but I think this actually might cause a debate um, over sex versus gender in the, in the, on the left, basically. Um, because... And, and maybe it'll be a, a debate. I know there already is a little bit of uh, contention between some feminists and um, and part of the LGBTQ community. So maybe this will um, throw some gas on that fire. But uh, I think this will cause a debate about sex versus gender and what the government's trying to do here because um, the people who really care about women's representation actually are, um, they are going to be hurt by this, uh, you know, if, if it's interpreted as gender. Um, and actually, I think they're hurt anyway. Um, so this is an age-old argument. I'm not the first person to make it, but it's absolutely true, right? When you, um, when you start hiring people for an attribute that's unrelated to their ability to perform their job, people start, especially if it's a visible attribute like um, their sex or their race or something like that, uh, or well, I'll say skin color because sex or race isn't always visible. If you know, I don't think uh, I'm not. I'm not an expert on <laughs> race versus uh, um, you know uh, different genetic groupings of people. But regardless, um, if you if you start hiring and firing people based on uh, irrelevant but observable characteristics, then Eventually, what will happen is people, other people, will look at those people um, who have these irrelevant but observable characteristics, 
and they will question whether they've been hired because of their ability or because they represent some uh, demographic that was uh, preferentially treated during the hiring process. And ultimately, I think that hurts. I think that hurts uh, all of the minorities who are really just want, I, I think most people just want to be treated fairly, right? And, um, you know, it makes it really impossible to be treated fairly because even if you are the, the best candidate for the job, people will question it. Um, of course, they'll question it because uh, there are other criteria at play. So obviously what I think is the government needs to get out of all this. Probably not everyone else agrees. But so I've got about, uh, I don't want to run more than an hour on these things, uh, especially because I don't know that anyone's really watching uh, yet. Although someday, of course, everyone will go back to these very first episodes just to be in awe of how awesome they were even this early on. <laughs> um, but let's talk about a couple other things uh, just for fun. I'm not universalizing these things. I just want to talk about them because they've happened in the next last couple of days, in the last 10 minutes here. Uh, first, this caravan thing coming from uh, South America. Uh, <clears throat> it's weird, right? Because um, they're, we're like, they're refugees is what we're being told, but they're not refugees in, in the strict sense of, I mean, they're poor people. Like everyone, I guess, in, in the world is, is potentially a refugee then, right? So um, the idea that like they're refugees and they should be treated specially is, is kind of weird. Um, it's also weird that you've got this group of 7,000 people where like, some of them are burning the flag of the country they're going to. They're burning the American flag and holding up the flag of their their country of origin as they're walking into the U.S. Like, that just seems, um, I don't know, I'm no expert, but it, it seems like they're not the kind of people you want in the country. Uh, people who are like, screw this country, I love my home country. Hey, can I come in? Um, but uh, look... I will say this as an anarcho-capitalist, uh, which I am. I'm an anarcho-capitalist, and I don't think, ultimately, I don't think there should be countries in the strict sense of the, of the word. Um, I, I'm not advocating that for now because we're nowhere near ready to have that kind of uh, a society. But, um, so, so in, the, in the short term, I'm just advocating for smaller and smaller government. But, you know, if you're going, to, and, and most people disagree with me on this, right? Most people think there should be countries. So, if you have a country and you want to have a country, then by definition, you have borders. That's what countries have. That's how countries are defined. They have borders. So um, it's just really weird. Uh, it's really weird to see people acting like we should not have borders, um, but we should still be a country somehow. Uh, it just it's uh, it makes no sense. I will say um, as as much as I do think that. If you're going to have a country, you should have borders. Uh, a wall, a wall does give me a little bit of pause, just because uh, you know they're used to keep people in as well. And uh, I definitely want to be able to flee this country, especially uh, once Antifa takes over. So, because um, th they'll use the wall to just uh, <clears throat> keep everyone they don't like in, so they can shoot them in their violent revolution. So. Um, you know, I, I have some pause about that, but you should you should enforce borders, and and I don't think that should be controversial, but apparently it is. Um, let's see what other items do we have. Oh, Infowars they had already been banned from Twitter, but now like related accounts have been banned. So like 
Now Twitter's banning not just the person who was, quote, offending, which I don't know what they did that was offending on Twitter, but or what Alex Jones did that was offending on Twitter, but um, now, like, anyone who's associated with him, maybe it posts his content. I don't know. If you start posting InfoWars videos, do you get banned on Twitter now? Uh, that is... Uh, that's a line I don't think they've crossed yet, or hadn't until until now, right? They've they've made this very much until now about like this individual did X Y Z, and then when they banned Alex Jones, they actually crossed a line because it wasn't about something he did on Twitter, but it's about something he did in real life. And then I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and then uh, and then now it's like, well, you, you know, you're friends with Alex Jones and you post stuff or you work there and you post stuff, so you're banned. That's um, yeah, that's it's censorship. It's not government censorship, but it is uh it's clear manipulation and censorship. And of course, Jack Dorsey uh will be magically retarded about that and not see the problem. because uh, he's selectively smart. Um Okay. Uh let's see what else we have. Oh. La- last thing I guess. So last night President Trump <laughs> called himself a nationalist. Um which, you know, I get sounds a little bit scary to people who think of uh nazism as as nationalism so let's i know the dictionary is the left's worst enemy but let's go back to the dictionary um <clears throat> from Merriam webster online uh nationalism loyalty and devotion to a nation especially a sense of national consciousness um, exalting one nation above all others and placing primary emphasis on promotion of its culture and interests as opposed to those of other nations or a supranational or supranational groups. I mean, again, I'm an anarcho-capitalist, so I'm not a nationalist, but I, that's not like that scary. If you're going to have a country, I guess putting that country first, which is not new. Like Trump has, he ran on this. Make America great again was his slogan. Not, you know, make the world pretty great. It was make America great again. He's he's been very clear about putting America first. Um, You know, I, I don't know why that's surprising. I also don't know why it's controversial for anyone who wants there to be a country uh, and, and lives here, right? It's not, it's, um, it's interestingly enough that, so the, the reactions were, I saw a couple like crazy reactions, people on Twitter literally saying, Oh, so he's admitted that he's a white nationalist. no, no, he, he didn't say he was a white nationalist. Uh, those are people who want white nations only. He said he was a nationalist, which, you know, means he's pro-America and he wants to promote America above other countries. And as everyone is, uh, you know, never misses an opportunity to tell us, America is a melting pot. So he wants to promote the melting pot as opposed to other countries because that's his job. I don't I don't see why that's a big thing. So that so so the one reaction that I've saw was this like, oh, he admitted he's a white white nationalist, which obviously he didn't. Um and uh the other one was, well, Hitler called himself a nationalist, therefore uh you know, Trump is Hitler, right? Um you know, Hitler also called himself a socialist, by the way. Uh I guess we don't talk about we don't talk about that. It's not real socialism, apparently. Uh, so, and actually, and you know, Hitler was a socialist. He was a national socialist. Um, and I don't think that he just used those, uh, labels randomly. Um, he was about socialism and he was about nationalism. 
and he was also an expansionist, right? So he believed in, like, and obviously he was a racist, right? So he believed in, like, a particular kind of nation and that that nation should, like, conquer other nations. And, like, okay. So he he was a lot of horrible things. Um, You know, the fact that Hitler was a nationalist uh, and Trump says he's a nationalist doesn't really mean anything if, uh, if you think. But it does if all you do is NPC yourself into oblivion on Twitter, which is what a lot of people are doing. So um, I think that's it for today. I mean, I've only got a couple minutes left, so I think I don't think there's anything else super exciting that needs to be covered. Um, I'm probably going to do a story on this uh, um, hatred of Cinderella, I think it was. Uh, but that'll be another day. So anyway... Thank you for listening, watching, whatever you happen to be doing. I know a lot of you will be, most viewers of this will probably be viewing a uh, replay version of it. But for those of you who are watching live, thank you for watching. Uh, and, and those of you who are watching replays, uh, please go to unsafeshow.com, support the show. You can go to patreon.com slash unsafespace. And you can also go to uh, Twitter, follow us at unsafeshow. You can, we're on, uh, there's a podcast. So you just look for the Unsafe Space podcast on your favorite podcasting app, and all this stuff will show up there. I do audio versions of all the stuff that's on video here. So, uh, thanks again for watching. Don't forget to join us on Thursday at 11 Pacific, where Carrie and I, Carrie Smith and I, will do the deprogrammed show where we talk about social justice. Um, so, anyway, thanks. Thanks again everyone. And uh, until next time, take care.